what I want to do. Al, you got that mic right quick. Okay. I need two students who went to camp to come tell me how you know God was at camp. Okay? Two, just two. Al, you can take them the mic. I'm pointing over there. Come on, don't be shy. I know, I know you shared in share time. There we go. I saw Jesus move through camp uh, whenever about like 45 people stood up and accepted Jesus in their life. Oh, amen. And he became Lord of their life. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And Somebody six, else. Six of those were from Central. All right. And there were 13 hey, churches amen. there. Somebody else. Um, I saw Jesus through worship and people were just standing on the chairs, jumping for joy. For Jesus, because he saved us from our sins. Amen. Amen. That's good. Hey, guys, you have permission to jump for joy on these seats. I, I, I tell you that. Man, I'm so glad our students had a great week. And, and uh, we had a great week of VBS, a great week of youth camp. Man, it just doesn't get any better uh, as far. Rain would make it uh, a little better, but uh, that's where we are right now. Man, it's so good to see you. Uh, this is the end of June already, and so uh, the year just flying by. Half of it's over already, 2022. I'm just getting used to writing that, and uh, it will be over before we know it. But uh, glad you're here. We're, we're talking about finishing strong, and... Um, we're kind of wrapping that up today. You know, if you're reading a book, especially a fiction book, and if you're reading that book, you're intent on it, you're in it, and you're reading, and you begin with chapter one, they suck you in, you get on into the book, you get a little bit deeper, the plot thickens, the, the crisis may come to your hero. What if you came to the last chapter and it's not there? You, you would think, this is terrible. This is a terrible book because the last chapter is not in there. Final chapters are key to a book, just like they're key to a life. We, we go through life and we do particular things. We may hit our prime, but we may uh, find ourselves close to the end. And the chapter is just not complete until we read the final chapter. I want you to know in life, you have a final chapter. You write that chapter, and let me tell you something. It, it, the story's not finished yet. So some of you may have gone through um, ups and downs. You may be going through peril. You may be going through uh, just some terrible things right now. I tell you, the story's not over. God is still writing the story, and the desire is to finish strong. Now, I've been uh, uh, asked before, Mark, why don't you write a book? You, you've got a lot of experience. You know a lot of people. Uh, consider writing a book. And I've said this tongue-in-cheek before, y'all, because I've seen people write books, especially biography books, and then their life didn't finish well. And uh, the final chapter hadn't been written until after that, and it was not good. So I've told Pam, I said, after I die, if I finish well, you know where all my journals are. And I think it's worth putting together 
to be a good book at that point. But, uh, you know, y- you know a life, it, uh, it comes, and if it doesn't finish strong, you, you wonder what may have been. And so what I'm wanting to do today as we wrap up this series on finishing strong is how can we guarantee a good final chapter of our life? Not saying you're there yet, because you do not, uh, you do not predict when it will end. But I tell you, we all have a final chapter. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me give you a little background before, uh, before I read it. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is Paul's last uh, written letter. He was in prison in Rome, and he's writing this letter to a young pastor by the name of Timothy, and uh, he's basically passing the baton to uh, Timothy is what he is doing. You know, let me, but let me give you some thoughts even back before that, is you know, in the ministry, in what I do as a uh, pastor, I have faced a lot of death. I've been with you and, and uh, loved ones that were passing. I have done funerals for infants that didn't even make it out of the womb to uh, those that have been in their late 90s. I have done uh, funerals for the, the impoverished. I've done funerals for the wealthy. I've done funerals for different races. I've done, uh, I've done uh, funerals for um, uh, those that were educated, those that were not educated. I've done funerals for those who I knew were saved, and I do, did funerals for those I knew were lost, and I've done funerals for those that you don't know. And so, but the one thing they all had in common was they ceased living. The heart had stopped, the brain waves had stopped, they were, the lungs weren't working anymore. They had come to the point of the end of their life. Now, as followers of, of Christ, we believe there's a life after here, but all of us will face that final chapter. And so Paul is facing his final chapter. He's in prison in Rome, and he's writing to uh, Timothy, and he knows it's about to end. He, uh, he is under the emperor Nero, and Nero is anti-Christian. And so here comes Paul. He knows this is what's interesting, a little historical fact. A Roman citizen could not be crucified. So, you know, Jesus was crucified on the cross, but a Roman citizen could not be crucified. And so they had a more humane way of killing them. They just cut their head off. And that's what Paul is going to face eventually. But final words are very important. In fact, you can Google search final words from people, and it's really interesting what you may read. And so I'll leave that up to you. But these are Paul's final words, and so let's look at what is, uh, Paul has to say. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 5. And, and here's what it says. Paul says, As for you, and he's writing to Timothy, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, 
Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on the, the, that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. These are Paul's last written words. And, and you can go on, he gives a, a little bit more in this letter. But I want to focus on this. He's passing the baton to uh, Timothy. And so I want to I address that plus his final remarks. Write this down if you're taking notes. First word I want you to write down is purpose. And here's my thought. All of life has a purpose. You know, we just saw history made this week in the, uh, uh, the Supreme Court with the turnover of Roe v. Wade. And we're excited about that. We really are. And, and uh, uh, people may ask me, Mark, why are you pro-life? And I read all, all things, and you know, people that are, are uh, not pro-life, they, they have things like uh, you're limiting a women's rights and, and these kind of things. And, and so these are some of the things that are said. But when somebody says, why are you pro-life, Mark? It, it, it's not a woman's right thing. It's a God has purpose for all conception. There are no accidents. I believe that, that when we look at the word of God, we believe that all life begins with the heart and mind of God. And so, you know, when does life begin? It begins in the heart and mind of God. And so, you know, I believe that all life has purpose. Seven billion people plus on this planet right now, I believe that seven billion plus have purpose from their creator. And uh, it, it's been said before that the church is answering questions, but not answering the questions that the world is asking. In other words, we're archaic in what we're presenting because we're not addressing the, the questions that the world has. And so I thought, I, I can understand that. So I decided to do a Google search on the most Google search that is out there. And this is what it is. What is my IP address? And I thought, man, I am archaic. I am not answering that question properly. And then the second one right behind that was, what time is it? And I thought, I am, I am out of it, man. I'm not addressing the key issues that people are asking in this world. But I say that tongue-in-cheek because I know what they're saying. And so you probe a little bit. You limit your search to really what are key questions of, of life. And, and they boil down to this. It, 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 they boil down to... What is my identity? Who am I really? And why am I here? Identity and purpose. And I'm thinking, that's the number one thing Jesus addressed. 
and, and is identity. Who am I? And what am I here for? I believe God created us all with a purpose. And notice what, what the scripture says here in verse 5. He says, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill what you were created for, Timothy. I'm giving you the baton. Fulfill your purpose here. That's what I want you to do. I want you to fulfill your service to God, your creator. Fulfill your ministry. You know, it says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are we saved through faith. Not of ourselves, not of works so that no one can boast. Okay, that, it says that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. But in verse 10, it says, we are created as God's workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus. We have a purpose. We're not just taking up space on this planet. He has given every man, woman, child a purpose. And so there is no accidents in this world. God has given us all purpose. And if you were to go into your kitchen when you leave here today, you go into your kitchen, most kitchens have an oven, you have a refrigerator, you have a dishwasher, you have a, you have a microwave maybe, you have a, maybe a can opener. I, I don't know what all the appliances, you coffee maker, all the appliances you, you have. So if I took... Uh, I took a loaf of bread and I took out two slices and I went over to my dishwasher and tried to toast them to toast. It's not going to happen. I'm going to have to go to the proper appliance that is to do that task. I'm not going to go to the oven and throw dishes in there and hopefully they'll be washed. I know some of you may try that, but it doesn't happen. You have a dishwasher for that purpose. And here's where I'm going on this. We are all different. We all are wired to give glory to our Creator to, to fulfill the purpose that we have. But I know that some of you are going to fulfill a purpose that I'm not going to be able to do. I love the giftings and the diversity of the church. I love, I love ethnic diversity. I love... I love all diversity because it shows me that we have a creative God who has put us together for a purpose. And so that's the first thing I want you to grab. If you're going to write your final chapter, if you're going to live a life that finishes strong, you're going to have to live a life of purpose. Second thing I want you to write down is this, to prepare, to prepare. Um, we are all going to face death someday. I don't say that to scare you. I don't say that to be morbid. But all doctors agree that one out of everyone will die. And notice what Paul says in verse uh, 8. He says, on that day. What is that day? Well, he, he could be referring to the day that Christ returns, or he's referring to that day that I step out of here into eternity. But we will all face death someday. So why don't we spend life in preparing for that day that we will stand before our Creator? Many people are living for this day, and they're not 
they don't have that day in their focus. And we need to be people that are prepared for that day. Now, none of you in this room are going to pick how you die. I, I pray, hope and pray it's never a suicidal situation, but you are not going to pick how or when you're going to die. Uh, and you're not promised a deathbed experience. In other words, you're not promised that you're going to be on a bed uh, in your right mind having the opportunity to put everything in order before you pass. Some of you may, but some of you may not. It may be instantaneous, and, and like I say, I don't say this to be morbid, but I say it to let you know that you want to use today to prepare for that day that you will stand before your Creator. And He has provided everything you will need for a life of, of of godliness and righteousness. He has provided that for you. He has provided the way for you to understand you have purpose and to understand your identity. Your identity is not in your gender. Your identity is not in what others say. Your identity is the one who created you for a purpose and loves you. That is your identity. So he has created you and so one day you're going to stand before him. So you want to spend time today in preparing for that day. Does that, that make sense? Uh, many people just think they're immortal and, uh, and they do not prepare for that day. There was a young man that uh, uh, an older man had an encounter with and he asked the young man, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, the young man said, well, when I get out of high school, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get the best education that I can get. I'm going to get training, and, and, uh, and I'm going to graduate. And the old man said, well, what are you going to do with life after that? And he said, well, I'm going to get a great job. I'm going to make money. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to get uh, stable in a career, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. And the old man said, well, what are you going to do? After, after that, what are you going to do with life? And he said, well, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have uh, kids. We're going to establish a family. And uh, we're, we're going to have the family. Well, what are you going to do with life after that? Well, I, I, after I get my education, after I get my degree, after I have success, after I have my family and everything, I'm going to retire and I'm going to just enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy my grandkids. That's what I'm going to do with life. Well, what are you going to do with life after that? And the guy's getting frustrated. And he said, well, I guess I'm going to die. And, uh, and then after that, I will go to whatever. And he said, what are you going to do after that? He kept pushing him to the point of thinking, okay, there is more to what you see right now there is an eternity that is out there. And are you preparing for that day? I, I want to give you a, 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 a visual, a, a verbal picture right quick. Imagine that you're in your 90s, okay? Uh, you are in your 90s, and let's say you are in a bed in your home, and they know you're still in your right mind, but they know there's a possibility of you passing within the week, okay? I, I, I know you don't want to think about that, but I, I've 
put it out there for you. And you imagine around your bed are your kids, your spouse, your grandkids. Uh, everybody's there. They, there's other people that you've influenced. Uh, they are uh, saying incredible things about you. They are singing hymns of, of praise before God because you are a godly individual. And they're, they're saying these things around you. And then the Lord comes and takes you to his presence. Now, you're thinking, oh man, that would be a, a good. Uh, uh, even I'd like to be asleep when that happens. I know, I know what we are. And uh, so, but here's my question. How do you think today, what you do today affects that day? It's huge. You, you don't want to spend your last, th- your last days or your last year thinking, oh, I got to get everything in order for that. No, you make your decision to day and how you will be on that day I hope that sinks in because you don't want to waste your life Paul knew that his life was one that he wanted to prepare for that day and how he lived today would determine about that day third thing I want you to write down is this pour out pour out notice what Paul says here He said, uh, I am being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. The the word departure there is a great word because it's a a picture of two things. It's a picture of a ship that has weighed anchor and is taking off from the harbor, but is also a picture of breaking your tent down. Some of you at camp, in the spring and, and will camp in the summer, you know, if you put a tent up, you eventually have to take those tent pegs out, pack the tent up, and go to the next destination. That's what this picture is of this word. Paul is saying, my time of departure has come, but I've, I'm being poured out. The best way I can think about that is, for you that fly in this room, you may have come to this situation before. You bought you a big gulp or a big water, and then the next thing you know, you have to go through airport security. And all of a sudden, they say, you can't take that liquid on, through the airport security. What am I going to do with it? I don't know. Pour it out. And you're thinking, I've got a $5 drink here that I just bought at the airport, and you got to go pour it out before you go through airport security. Now, why do I think about that when he says, I'm being poured out? Because you're not going to take it with you when you go. You're not going to take it with you. So we have been gifted to serve and pour our, our lives out now in a sacrifice to God. We don't want to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I I wanted to come in looking as good as I could, so I didn't want to wear myself out using, you know what I'm saying. I mean, we want to to live lives that are being poured out. I love what 
one writer said, he said this. He said, what I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left. What I gave, I have. Let me read that one more time. What I spent, I lost. What I saved, I left. And what I gave, I have. It is in giving that we receive. You know, Jesus said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. How we give ourselves away is what is genuine and what truly last. Our gifts and resources are meant to be used here. Paul had a view of the finish line. He was there at the finish line and notice he uses three analogies. He says he fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. He said, first of all, I have fought the good fight. He didn't say he finished first. He didn't say he finished unharmed. He didn't say everyone rejoiced at his funeral. He just said he finished. He finished the race. He was the man in the arena. He was the man with uh, dirt on his face. He was the man that served God until the end. He fought the good fight. Listen, we're not promised that we're going to come to the end and not be battered and bruised. But we can fight the good fight till the end. And then he said this, I run the race. You know, sprinters sprint. They take off, you know, they got to be careful because if they leave too early, it's a false start. I mean, they're ready to go. And so they fire that gun. They are sprinting with everything they've got for 100 meters and, or 200 or whatever they're doing because their, uh, their engine is going super fast. But when it comes to life, it is more of a marathon. It, not just a marathon, but an ultra marathon. You know, a marathon is what, 26 miles. Ultra marathon, people run 100 Miles, that is demonic. <laughs> Nobody should run that far. But they run a hundred miles. And they don't, they're not like those sprinters because the sprinter would not make it a hundred miles doing what he is doing. He has to pace himself. He has to keep running. When he hits the wall, he has to go beyond the wall and he has to have staying power. And he has to say, I've run the race, I've run the race, I've run the race. And he's probably going to be exhausted to the point of physical incapabilities after that run. And we are called to not only fight the good fight, but to run the race, to have a staying power. What I think is interesting is the scripture that we never see. We know that he didn't quit. But we wonder if his mindset said, I wanted to quit. Have you ever been there in life? I just want to quit. I want to go on home. This is too hard. I don't like what's going on in the world today. 
I just want to pull over to the side of the road. But we have to continue to run the race. It's said of the cheetah, the cheetah is one of the fastest animals on the planet. It can run things down real quick. However, the cheetah's heart is really small. So he doesn't have endurance. He can sprint. So if you're around a cheetah, you just have to get far enough for his heart to give out, and you're fine. But the chances are he's going to catch you between that, that happening. But we have to be careful of our hearts being too small. We have to spend time with the Father and let our hearts grow large in Him so we have the endurance to run this race. Run the race. And then he said, I have kept the faith. I have fulfilled my vow, basically, is what he is saying. I have kept the faith until the end. He doesn't say that he didn't go about questioning some things. He just said, I have kept the faith. I have fulfilled the vow. And then notice the outcome in verse 8. He says, there is a crown of righteousness, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but get this. You ever wonder if you're in the Scriptures? You're about to be in the Scriptures. Here's, here's what I say. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. That's you and me. It's not just for Paul. He's saying this is for everyone that has longed for the returning and the appearance of Christ. That's you and me. We are in the Scriptures right there. We are in that all because we yearn and we love for His appearing. And here, here's the deal. He will reward your faithfulness. See, some of you are going to produce more fruit than me. Some of you are going to produce more fruit than others. because. And when I f say fruit, I mean, people coming to Christ, people whose lives are impacted in a positive way, you're going to produce fruitfulness. And we're going to produce fruitfulness at different levels. But I'm telling you, God is going to reward faithfulness. Stick to it. Stick to it. When you want to quit, stick to it. When people come against you, which is our world today, stick to it. Stick to what is true. God will reward that faithfulness. So, he ran the good race. He fought the good fight. He endured till the end. And he was awarded for his faithfulness. I end with this before I just give you a personal challenge. In mid-1940s, There was three men, young men, that had given their life to Christ and were three men that were uh, effective, that God was using in, in, in an organization called Youth for Christ back then. And they would go and speak, these three men, and they would go to different places. And they were wanted all over to, for them to come and speak. One of the men 
was named Braun Clifford. The second one was named Chuck Templeton. And the third one was named Billy Graham. They were wanted all over the United States to come and speak because God was using them in such an incredible way. Not too long after the mid-40s, Chuck Templeton began to doubt his faith. He talked to Billy Graham, and he decided to walk away from his faith, just putting away his faith altogether. Chuck Templeton ended up going through two failed marriages before he died. Ron Clifford, they found him in a rundown motel. He is... He had also walked away from his faith, turned to alcoholism. He had also walked away. Billy Graham, many of you, it's not of your generation, but you've heard the name before. He finished strong. He finished pursuing Christ. He, he finished in a, his last chapter was a positive chapter. What made the difference? Billy Graham, one of the things we know which Templeton and Clifford did not do, he surrounded himself with people. He submitted not only to Lord, but he was willing to submit to others to hold him accountable so he could finish strong. And he, and he did. Listen. I know certain things are sure in life. Death, taxes, political divide, and us failing if we don't have other people to surround us and help us. My prayer is that we finish strong. But some of you are thinking, Mark, I've blown it. I, my family's falling apart at times. I've, I've sinned. I have an addiction, blah, 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 whatever it may be. And I don't short that, so I apologize for the blah, blah, blah. But we all have certain things, and we think, oh, I cannot finish strong. I'm just going to get by by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. Well, let me tell you, none of us get in without Jesus. So wear your hair on your chin or... Whatever, it's because of Jesus. But what I'm saying here is the story is not over. You're still writing the final chapter. I want you to bow with me.